0: what's up this is episode 075 topical zoom let's talk about success
1: welcome to the design your thinking podcast a show where we think learn and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day and now your host karthik
0: Hey, welcome back to the show. This is another topical Zoom episode where we're going to spend time talking about success. We did this kind of a show twice in the past uh, in episode 49. And again, we repeated it in episode 61. We talked about successes. In fact, the way we did this in the last two episodes and this one is we go through the Focus 40 format and we've had a lot of guests in the Focus 40 format. So what we do is go and deconstruct their success to begin with in these formats. So today in this show I'm going to pick five of our guests from the past and talk about their success. So the first question I asked in Focus 40 episodes is about why our guests are successful or at least why they think they're successful. So this one is a medley and I'm going to bring in five of our guests from the past. So Be prepared and one thing I really invite you to do is as you listen to our guests think about your success factor. Why are you successful? All of us are successful. How much ever we talk about success and how much ever we perennially seek success we are indeed successful in whatever we do. We just don't realize that. So take a moment to reflect upon your success as you listen to our lovely, wonderful guests and also take a moment to listen to the full conversation that I had with these guests if you haven't already listened to them. All right, let's jump into the show and talk to our first guest, David Fredden. David has been making products for over 40 years working with companies like HP and Apple Uh, back in the heydays, working alongside uh, the legendary Steve Jobs himself. And he also has worked with David Packard. So I talked to him about a lot of different things, including his first experience at Hewlett Packard and uh, Apple. So let's go and listen to both his first experience and what he learned. And that converted to his success in the early days at HP and Apple. And also let's talk about his success. Let's do it.
1: Well, I handled the uh, PR, the public relations, when I was in the corporate PR department at Hewlett-Packard for David Packard, who was one of the uh, six founders of Hewlett-Packard. And the number one thing that I learned from him and from that company is the very importance of values that uh, an organization's values and an individual's values need to match if uh, either to succeed and that when people go into a uh, decision making room with other people which is typically what a product manager has to do a lot uh, it's nice to know that everybody's on the same page in terms of the values against which they're going to be measuring uh, their decisions Uh, so that was the number one thing that I learned from uh, uh, David Packard uh, and in the case of Steve Jobs, uh, his very first product was the Apple 3, and I was the product manager that took over uh, that product line after two other product managers uh, had it. And um, I didn't have the authority to get anything done, so I asked John Scully and the executive of board uh, and told them that if you give me the authority, uh, I'll be able to uh, get the job done. And they did, and we did. And uh, we generated uh, enough profits uh, in the last year of the Apple 3's life in order to help finance uh, the development of the Macintosh and employ about 1,000 to 1,500 people at Apple. So during that period of time, I was the Apple 3 business unit manager and uh, 17 people, a budget of $4 million at the same management level as uh, Steve Jobs, who at the time was running the Macintosh uh, division. Um The number one thing I learned from Steve is his vision, and uh, he could could tell and taste what the market was going to be like six or seven years into the future. And when you put the combination of a vision together with a set of values, and Apple had a set of values called Apple values, which was partially borrowed from the HP way, the HP's values, Um, and you put those two things together, and you have a winning combination. And in fact, when Steve came back to Apple in 19, I think it was 97 or 98, he said the thing that Apple had lost since he left in 1985 was its values. So he brought its values back along with his vision and that helped them build a company that is insanely great. And it's now the most valuable company in the world. When (laughs) HP had uh, its values called the HP Way, it grew 20% a year every year for 50 years and i can't think of another company in the history of the world that has had that level of success for such a long period of time then in uh, around 1998 i believe it was uh, after david packard uh, passed away and there was a major fight with the board uh, over uh, the hp way and the company dropped it and hp has been floundering ever since uh, the HP way continues in, a, in another company called Agilent, which was a spin-off, which was the old test and measurement equipment. So you can see, and, and they have been fairly successful also, again, by having a set of values that everybody uh, abided by. All
0: right. That's what David had to share when it comes to his early experiences with uh, HP and Apple. He worked with people like David Packard and um, Steve Jobs, uh, two re- really legendary figures, and What he talked about uh, when it comes to values and vision are two things that I personally value most when it comes to uh, product management or anybody who's leading a product to, uh, to success. Some of these decisions aren't easy and these things like vision and also knowing what are the company's values are extremely important for you to actually use as a beacon to make those decisions. And also he talks about authority. Unless or until you're able to pull the trigger, you cannot be that as successful as someone who has authority to make decisions. So it's not about deciding, it's about executing those decisions. All right, let's continue our discussion with uh, David Fredden and listen to what he has to say when it comes to why he thinks he's successful.
1: I think it's the ability to mediate disputes and conflicts and conflicts of priorities. Uh, conflicts usually occur in an organization and in a product organization over a difference of uh, values, which I talked about earlier, but if that doesn't exist, then it's uh, over the role of uh, what is the problem and how are we going to solve the problem. And um, I was fortunate enough back when I was in Minnesota. Uh, to learn how to do mediation, and I was mediated the second uh, successful environmental mediation in the history of the United States and perhaps even the world. And I found that those mediating skills to understand what the wants and needs are of all of the parties involved in a product and find an intersection between them so that they can compromise, get along with each other, and move the product along uh, so they can get out into the marketplace while the window of opportunity is there. So I think that's the number one uh, skill set that helped me be successful as a product manager.
0: That is so profound. David Fredden is someone who comes with a lot of product management experience. He's been doing it for 40 plus years. It's not a joke. And having worked with uh, people like Steve Jobs and David Packard, I think it. he comes and he really puts it very nicely. We don't hear people talking about yeah, being able to mediate disputes that easily and that frequently and he talks about it just right. If you hear the first part of his chat uh, or talk to the second uh, thing, you can see and connect the dots. If you'd like to listen to more of what David had to share, go head over to episode 27 and 28. We can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash episode zero two seven or episode zero two eight. All right, let's jump into our next guest. Our next guest is Jana Basto, who is the co-founder of ProdPad, a product management software. So she talks about something that's very interesting, and I and it's so short and to the point that I'd like you to listen instead of be trying to paraphrase it. Let's do it.
2: It's a really great question, and I think um, one of the biggest things that product managers can do is accept that they don't know everything, accept the fact that they don't have all the answers, and actually just start working with their team to uh, figure out what the best ways to approach problems are. You know, a company is made up of a bunch of really smart people, from developers to support to sales to marketing to everybody. The product manager's job is to work in the middle of them and help tease out the best product solutions based on everything they know. Um, I think that was something that I learned, uh, you know, probably a couple years into my role as a product person, was to really listen to the people on my team, really figure out what the best solutions were based on everyone's input, not just what, uh, you know, I can spec together myself.
0: All right. I told you it's going to be really short and profound. Again, this is so, so important. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is most often we as product managers or designers who are leading products, you know, tend to make decisions thinking that we know all uh, all of what needs to be done. You know, we think we know it all. You know, having been uh, playing with a product for a long time, sometimes we tend to develop this blind spot, that we know everything and we are making the right decisions again going back to what david trellen said and connecting it to what jenna had to talk about it's all about knowing your vision and knowing the values that you want to stick around everything else is something that we need to learn and try and leverage the power of our team so it's the team that collectively comes together to build the product so Never make a decision just by yourself. Try to bring in everybody else. But then, if you have to make a decision just by yourself, just go ahead. Use the vision and the values, and of course, of I hope you get the authority to make the decision. All right. If you like to listen to more of what Janabasto had to talk about, go head over to episode twenty-four. That's designyourthinkingcom slash episode 024. Our next guest is Lulu Cheng. She is a product manager in the discovery team of Pinterest, and she was another impressive guest I've had on the podcast. She talked about something very interesting again, and I'd like you to just give it a listen because this is so, so important. So let's jump right in.
3: So I am going to cheat a little bit and... Uh, and, and mentioned, I think a, a couple of, um, I think qualities that have been helpful, uh, certainly, um, in my journey. So one, I think is just, um, a mindset of, of thoughtful curiosity. Um, so I've always really enjoyed thinking about, you know, what makes something well designed? Um, why do people gravitate towards certain types of products and certain types of experiences? Um, types of experiences provoke uh, an emotion in me as I'm using it, whether, you know, positive or or very negative. Um, And also just thinking about, uh, I'm I'm really fascinated by how, um, even though technology is changing at such a rapid pace, a lot of the core problems um, and trends are uh, rooted in human nature and human behavior. And that really hasn't changed in, you know, centuries really. So I think kind of the interplay of those two things is, is really interesting. Um, so I think, uh, that is kind of the core of, of why I think, um, I, I enjoy my job and why, you know, I, um, like it's one of the big intrinsic motivations for me. Um, and then on top of that, I think, um, you know, as a product manager, you really are kind of, uh, you, you're kind of like an information conduit in a lot of ways, um, at a company, uh, you know, you interface with many, many different teams um, to get things done, and so uh, at the end of the day, you have to kind of be someone that other people want to work with. Um, it's pretty obvious and, and pretty um, straightforward, but you know that uh, that encompasses everything. From you know, do you are you like an expert in your area? Do you have domain expertise that um, people value? Um, Do you, uh, you know, are you organized? Are you um, on track of uh, all the details and the big picture? Um, And then also just, you know, like how easily can you establish a good rapport and and build trust um, with people who don't normally work together? I think that's really important. Um, And kind of the glue that I think stitches that all together is um, communication and being a clear and also an over-communicator, I think is really important um, in the role. And um, that's one thing that I found really helpful um, during my career.
0: I told you it's going to be very interesting. So Lulu makes a profound point, a very important point here. She talks about being able to keep this entire team together and be able to make those decisions by clearly communicating. She, in fact, er would prefer to err in the side of over-communicating as opposed to not communicating at all. Uh, this again ties back to what Jana had to talk about and also what David talked about, right? It's as product makers, especially product managers and designers, we are leading teams. No matter what level we are, we are leading teams. And these teams are unfortunately not directly mapped to you. They look up to you for direction. It's important, like David said, for you to know What's the vision that you are going after? And what are the values that you're going to use when it comes to making decisions? And like Lulu talks about, it's very, very important for us to communicate these uh, decisions that we make openly. It's better you tell why you're making a decision because people often don't know why you're making those decisions. And if you can tell them that you are making those decisions, in those tough decisions especially... By using the vision and values and things like that, it makes so much sense and it actually helps people develop this trust in you. This chat with Lulu Cheng actually went on really well. And if you'd like to listen to more of it, go head over to episode 36. That's designyourthinking.com episode 036. All right, let's jump on to our next guest right now. Let's talk to Jeff Lash. Now, Jeff was back in episode 48 and he had some very interesting things to talk about. Jeff is a product manager. He is a blogger. His blog, The Good Product Manager, actually completed 10 years. So go check it out. All right, let's jump right back into this conversation with Jeff Lash and listen to what he has to say about his success. Let's do it.
4: Um, you know, it's hard to boil it down to to one, but I think if there was one that probably stands out that I think other people can learn from, it's really empathy. And we talk a lot about having empathy for the customer and the user. And, and certainly that's, that's obviously very important, but I think it's also empathy for the other people you're working with, because, you know, I, I've been in situations where I've seen product managers that have great ideas, they have great strategies, but they're not able to get those executed because they don't, um, you know build the right relationships internally they don't get the right funding and support you know they 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 might get something done but they burn bridges so to speak and going through it so I think you know obviously there's been a ton that's been written including by myself about why it's so important to get have empathy for your customers and your users and and to, to help develop great products but I think also that that extends to having empathy for the people you work with and I think that's one of the things that, that I try to do well and I don't think it's done in a um, I, I hope I, am not doing it in a pandering way, but I think it's legitimately, you know, I, I, want to understand the people I work with and I, I very much feel that, you know, when, um, a product is successful, when a team is successful, the product manager is successful. So I, you know, I completely from the very first day realized, you know, this is not a job you can do on your own. So you need to have good relationships with marketing and sales and with finance and with development and designers. And, and really, I think, you know, um, this is an example. I remember years, years ago, working on something, and we had this great idea for a feature. We had a great idea for something that would be great for users. And but when we talked with the developers, they were, you know, they weren't coming right out and saying um, that they didn't like it, but they were. You can tell they were kind of dancing around it. And so we could have easily said, well, no, this is what's important. Just go do it. But you know, having some empathy and using that in the conversation to understand, well, what is the why, why are you resistant to this? And and actually, there were some other things going on within the organization, and there were some. Um you know technical uh, uh, not challenges they did some technical questions or you know issues they thought it might bring up, so you know having I could have just said,' go go build it, figure it out but you know we had some we tried to understand I tried to understand what their perspective was, why they were resistant, and said, okay well, i now I understand your concerns, so now that I understand that, let's see if we can balance your considerations with what we think is going to be the best thing for the customer and we ended up you know i think solving it and it not only worked out well for our customers but it certainly got the development team on board and they were much more willing to you know go the extra mile and help out with things in the future
0: all right that is jeff lash for you so he talks about empathizing with teams now most often we talk about empathy We always talk about user-centric design, we talk about our customers, we talk about our users, but it's so less that we end up talking about our internal teams, our stakeholders, our people who are working with us and in fact the people who we are indirectly leading. So this is so important and connects very well with the point that Lulu Cheng made early on and Jana Basto made early on and also what David had to talk about early on in the show. So this is very important because as product managers or designers leading product teams, it's extremely important for us to make sure that we actually give space and we understand our team members. We understand our different peers in different functions. Because as product makers, we are clearly understanding why we're doing what we're doing, but it so happens that people sometimes don't get it. Now, it's our duty, our job to reach out and educate people as to why we are doing what we're doing and more importantly, how we are thinking. Now, that's a great way for us to actually bring everyone on board and also uh, you know, help them give feedback into what your thinking is whereby making them... Um, you know a part of the uh, of the decision all right you can listen to more of what Jeff Lash had to share you can go to episode 48 you can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash episode 048 switching gears our last guest today is Tristan Cromer. now he is a grasshopper herder well that's not what his title is but that's the title of his blog and he's someone who is a lean expert and has be, worked as product manager and led product teams. So let's listen to what he has to say about what he thinks is the reason why he thinks he's successful.
2: Yeah, I, I would probably say ignorance. Ignorance is a good one. Um, I've, I've been fortunate in that the first... Product management roles that I uh, that I kind of stumbled into. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, um, and that of course makes you much less inclined to make a lot of assumptions and uh, build random things. It kind of forces you to go out and uh, learn about a little bit more about your discipline, learn about what the market is buying, what the market's not buying, what your customers actually think. Um, It was definitely very tempting when I moved into IT security to kind of fall back on the four-year business plan of my predecessors and uh, of our partners. Uh, One product I remember us working on, we had a partner who was kind of pushing us to this four-year plan uh, that was apparently going to make us millions of dollars. And we were very fortunate that we kind of ignored it out of our own ignorance um, because it was completely wrong. You know, so I think Kind of identifying what you, what you don't know um, is extremely valuable and being able to set aside uh, either deliberately or just by virtue of the fact that you don't know anything like I do um, it is a really, really good trait and a good almost skill to, to take into product management.
0: Now, that's a very, very interesting point. Being ignorant. Now, this, I don't know if this is uh, something weird, but then I really didn't pick any of these five people to come on one episode, but then I really see all of them share the same thread of thought or line of thought. Now, uh, being ignorant is a great way for us as product makers, you know, managers or designers. I repeat again and again, because we uh, end up doing the same kind of job, which is starting from a clean slate. Now that's a great way for us to begin conversations with our teams or with our customers or anybody for that matter, because that gives us an opportunity to learn. If we think we know everything, like uh, we just heard uh, early on, we kind of think it's the whole analogy of um, you know full full mug of water to half mug of water. If you think you're full, you are full. So I think it's a great thing uh, for us to start with a clean slate, or in Tristan's own words, being ignorant, and that gives a lot of. Uh, confidence for our team members of course you're not saying that i don't know where i'm going but you're saying that i don't know but i want to know and i would like to know along with all of you let's learn together now that's a great way for us to learn and at the same time develop this trust amongst our stakeholders and our team members so you can find more of this conversation with tristan cromer back in episode 34 you can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com episode 34 yes all right that's uh bring that brings us to the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed listening to it and please please like i said early on go take half an hour for yourself think about why you are successful and if you've got an answer please send me an email in the email subject just mention the episode number and tell me what you think makes you successful Alright, thank you so much for your time, your attention and everything that else that you've done to uh, listen to this show if it's skipping a movie, thank you so much. I think you've done yourself a service. And if you like listening to these kinds of episodes do subscribe to this podcast. You can do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes if you're using an Apple device or head over to designyourthinking.com slash Stitcher if you're using an Android device or if you're using neither of them Just using your computer, do head over to designyourthinking.com. You can find all the episodes right there. And uh, do uh, subscribe to my newsletter uh, by heading over to designyourthinking.com, scrolling all the way to the bottom of the page and uh, you'll find a button. Click that and you'll be asked to enter your first name and your email address. Do that. The reason I'm asking you to do that is because I want to have a conversation with you and I want to understand what makes you successful and how i and this community can make you more successful all right thank you so much for listening in you can find the show notes for this episode by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash episode 075 thank you so much till i see you in the next episode stay tuned stay inspired cheers keep pushing my friend
1: Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com.